It's the final word, World Cup Daily, day 19, a momentous one at that. Adam Collins with you, Jeff Lemon with me. He's at the ground. He's where it's happened. He is where it's happened, rather, where Afghanistan have beaten Pakistan. We're here for Westfield, London, Westfield, Stratford City. Jeff, start it off. Tell that story in 30 seconds. You can't give away the ending, which is that Afghanistan won, but they did it so comfortably in the end. It didn't look like it would be that way at the halfway mark. They conceded 282, thought it would be too much. Barbara Azam made 74, Abdullah Shafiq made 58, bit of ifty mania at the end, 40 in quick time. But Afghanistan just did it standing on their heads. Opening partnership of 130, 190 by the time the second wicket fell. Gerbaz doing it with Ibrahim Zadran, and then the skipper saw them home with Ramat Shah at the end, two wickets down uh, with about an over to spare. It was a staggering chase. They needed to do so much heavy lifting, I thought, Jeff, anyway, in the power play. like You, you, you sort of saw how tough it was for Pakistan to hit the boundary. At one stage, Barbara Azam went like 15 overs without hitting a boundary. If someone of his class is struggling to thread the needle. And look, we saw this a little bit at Chennai, uh, with Australia and India, didn't we? Where Australia struggled to hit the ropes yep. and then India found it easier after dark. But nevertheless, it felt like so much hinged on Gerbaz and Zadran, who are one of the most exciting opening partnerships in world cricket at the moment. Could they hit boundaries, enough of them, to put pressure on Pakistan in the power play? Could they sort of suppress Shaheen Sharafridi? They did both things. I think they hit 13 fours in the first 10 overs and from there, and they kept it going, by the way, after the field dropped back. And from there, they were able to control the required run rate uh, another important partnership between Ibrahim Zadran and Ramat Shah, who saw them all the way through. 77 not out. Hashmat Tula Shahidi, the captain, hitting the winning runs. A 96-run unbeaten stand. Um, it was a special night for anyone who's uh, enjoyed seeing the growth of the global game through Afghanistan over the last 20 years or so. Oh, it was magnificent the way they took down Pakistan's opening bowlers. All of the quicks went for runs. And it wasn't like, OK, we're going to get lucky, we're going to slog away and maybe a few will, will clear the fence. It wasn't all Brendan McCullum style off the top edge over the keeper. Mm. Um, mostly they were punching through the offside. And Pakistan do have this issue where they bowl outside off stump quite a lot to players who feed off it. And that was the case with both of these. But there were like fierce punches in front of point. There were delicate late cuts behind point. At, at one stage for Gerbos, they had four fielders in the ring between Point and the keeper to try to block him off and he kept threading it through them. Um, they had this one deep third out who was quite fine and they didn't bring him square at any point which seemed mm. uh, maybe like a slight miscalculation there. You know, Barbara Azam's not always the most proactive captain. Uh, and he just kept hitting the gap and at the other end, uh, Ibrahim Zadran was actually did made the early running. You used to Gerbaz being more of the hitter, did it against England, made 80, all the rest of it. Early on, he's like, what, eight off about 13 balls or whatever it was, and Ibrahim Zadran's going faster than a runner ball into the 20s um, and, and stayed that way until his score was into the 30s. Gobas took over from that point, started hitting out a bit more, hits six down the ground and so on. Um, and by the time Gobas is out for 62, you can tell me you've probably got the 65. scorecard in front of you. Uh, 65. They've got 130 on the board. Ibrahim Zadran's done his part in that partnership. There's quite a few extras donated as well. Um, but then his, his strike rate slows down a bit, sort of gets down to about 80 as his innings goes on, but he stays there um, and he keeps being the core around which the rest is built. And so by the time he's dismissed, eyeing off 100 out in the 80s, um, you know, didn't quite get there. They still don't have a World Cup 100. 
Afghanistan and that they would have liked to, to do so. But it was it was Ramat Shah and Hashmatullah. That's when I was nervous for Afghanistan mm. because those two have scored slowly at different points. We've seen them come out. We've seen them suck the life out of innings at times. You know, let the air out of it and let the and the run rate did start to creep up. It started to get up to six and then slightly above, but. They got themselves in by that point to the point that they were able to reel it back. So even when they needed about 50 to win with eight weeks in hand, I still was not convinced at all that they were going to do it because I thought, you can squeeze that Afghanistan middle order. You get one wicket here, players start to get nervous, scoring dries up and away you go. Pakistan just could not get that breakthrough and I think one of the big things out of tonight is that Pakistan spinners didn't take a wicket and Afghanistan spinners ran the show. I want to... um go to a couple of those points. I want to make one observation before we go any further, Jeff, that doesn't actually relate to the cricket tonight. Um, I know there'll be people listening to this podcast and watching it on YouTube who don't think Afghanistan should be playing in this and don't think that um, after what happened in that country a couple of years ago, and we've spoken about that at great length on the podcast, about their ongoing full membership of the ICC in light of the fact that their women and girls program no longer exists, and I'm extraordinarily sympathetic to that view, and we've, you know thrash it out in great detail. I think, in a way, we almost have to divorce that conversation from celebrating the achievement of tonight. Though I don't think it's possible for us to go and back over all the complexities of what's happened um, in an adequate or credible way whilst celebrating the achievement on the field. I just wanted to put my hand up, though, and say that yeah, we hear you and we read you and we know what you're saying and we, we respect you. Um, but this is just um, you know one of those nights where um, the cricket has ultimately taken over. We're looking at what we see in front of us tonight and we know the background, we know the context and that still exists. It doesn't disappear just because something happens on the field yep. um, and it also doesn't mean that we can't look at what has happened on the field, yep. which is which is this really significant achievement. Um, and Afghanistan have never beaten Pakistan before. They've, they've only ever, you know, before this World Cup, they had that one win against Scotland in 2015. They've knocked off England, they've knocked off Pakistan. You know, they're probably not going to qualify for the semi-finals because they will have games like the one they had against New Zealand where they're not in the contest really. But they could. You know, theoretically, they're in that mix. It's not impossible for them to qualify from here. Um, if they, and, and they've shown that now that they can beat teams who are higher up than they are. I thought, you know, the big weakness that I thought they still had was chasing. They've shown that they're able to boss a chase tonight, not just scramble their eight wickets down and somehow get over the line, but to do it comfortably. Um, I mean, this was close in that there was only an over to spare, but it wasn't really that close mm. in terms of the wickets in hand and the fact that they were able to control the tempo of the game. Um, and they were they were willing to take it as deep as they did in, in order to make sure that they didn't risk a late collapse by starting to swing too early. So it, it was yep. a mature sensible performance by a team um, that that is growing in stature on those fronts by the by the game. And on the other side of this equation, Pakistan's campaign's in ruins. They won their first two games. Uh, they, they knocked off Sri Lanka. They beat the Netherlands in their first game. Then they were thrashed by India, um, beaten by Australia in a high-scoring game. Defeated tonight again, they, they just simply had to win. I mean, it was like we were thinking maybe five teams into four for the semi-finals. Well, Pakistan make life that much harder for themselves. They've got South Africa next. They've got England in the run home who are playing with, well, nothing to lose. England on the bottom of the table, by the way. That's almost Hall of Fame worthy yeah. after what Afghanistan have achieved tonight. But yeah, on Afghanistan uh, and what they were able to do, yeah, we, we've spoken a lot about the opening partnership, but I was so impressed by Ramat Shah for the reasons that you stated before. He isn't necessarily the most dynamic cricketer going around and the way that he was able to just absorb pressure. You know, we speak a lot in, in modern cricket. It's about when you exert pressure and when you absorb pressure. Well, he was able to do a lot of that and make 
um, Barbara Azam basically make bad decisions. I mean, the, the way that he used Osama Amir tonight, the way that he brought him back for what proved to be the decisive over, leaving Shaheen as long as he did for the second game in a row. Hassan Ali, who for a moment got them back into it, he was the reason why Afghanistan's required run rate uh, might have gone up to six and a half, just a bit over six perhaps, uh, going into the final ten overs because Hassan Ali, the veteran, after bowling a poor spell off the top, bowled an excellent spell returning to the attack, picked up the wicket of Ibrahim Zadran for 87, and you felt like between Hassan Ali and Shaheen Sharafridi, they had the firepower to bring upon the late twists, but Shadab Khan is a, a reduced force in international cricket, and I honestly can't tell you why. I don't know what's happened to him in terms of being a consistent bowler who you can bank on bowling tidy overs. Uh, Sam Amir doesn't... I mean, I, I love the rhythmical way he bounces to the crease. I love his action. I love the, the leg spin that he generates, but he doesn't have enough dot ball pressure or enough consistency with where he pitches in, in situations like this that he can be trusted by Barbara's arm. There was a rubbish review as well where Rizwan uh, convinced Barbara to go upstairs with Shaheen's first ball of his new spell. That reeked of desperation with 10 overs to go. And... Look, I, I hate to sort of fall into the cliche with Pakistan, but, I mean, when they're bad, they're very, very bad. Yeah, I mean, look, Osama Amir today, it's kind of like a Peugeot of a bowler, you know, looked nice, didn't work. Um, it, it was... The, the spinners didn't give him a lot. Iftikhar Ahmed, I thought, did a, did a job, did his yep. sort of serviceable job, which was slow up the, the scoring for a while. But at every point where, where Pakistan would string a couple of quiet overs together and... And you would think, okay, this is where Afghanistan is supposed to start to panic. This is where this team, from the way that we've seen them bat over the last decade or so, this is this is where someone plays a big swipe, someone gets out, someone else comes in, takes 20 balls to make two or three, yep. um, chokes the life out of the chase, and then the next player coming in has more desperation and the whole thing falls in a heap. That's exactly what happened against New Zealand a few nights ago. So it's not like those days are behind them forever. That can still happen with this side. But... Tonight they managed to not do it, um, and and so much rides on that opening pair. You know they make mm. 130 off the top. That's why Afghanistan win this game relatively comfortably in the end. The way they played through the offside in the power play, you, you, you've mentioned it in in passing before, but just want to note the way that Gerbaz plays between backward point and, and cover point. Uh, like he, he is supreme. If you give him any width whatsoever, especially at pace, so Harris Ralph went for 24 from his first over against Australia a couple of days ago. 17 from his first over today. So extra pace, bat on ball was working for them. The contrast, Jeff, was that Afghanistan played the extra spinner today. You know, they, they went with the younger spinner, with Noor coming in as a 19-year-old to bowl in a World Cup situation, and it worked. They, they, they picked the right side for the conditions, and it paid off. And which, which isn't to say that Pakistan didn't have spin options. Iftikhar only bowled five of his 10. I would have used him more. Um, rather than relying on uh, Usama Amir towards the end and Shadab Khan, who both bowled overs in the last six or seven overs, and they were leaving. I mean, the idea of leaving Shaheen Sharafridi to the very, very end, this was never really going yep. to over 50. We know the way that modern chasing works, right? You try and ice it by 48 or 49 in the same way that in a T20, you don't want the sort of uh, the jeopardy of the 20th over, which often can lend itself to yep. chaos and, and the extra pressure above the shoulders. So. Yeah, I don't know. I think Barber was found wanting today, and there was a moment in the field with him as well where, you know, he had a spray. I'm not sure who um, put the throw in from mid-off, take a ping at the stumps, but 
Barber should have been backing up, not berating the guy for picking at the stumps mm. when they're in desperate need of wickets. So uh, it felt like the pressure got to him and he didn't quite get his sums right in the, in the final dispatches. Yeah, he brought Shaheen back in the middle when that partnership was building and broke that, which is what he didn't do against Australia. You know, he took so long to bring Shaheen back on when Warner and Marsh were smashing runs. Um, but, you know, didn't get the timing right at the end, left, left him until far too late, um, needed to to try to, to kill it off there and then. But Afghanistan also got their death bowling very wrong. So yep. if I if I look through the innings, the way it panned out from them, yeah, they pick the four spinners. So they leave out Fazal Hakfarugi, who's the left armour who can hit Yorkers. And they bring in Noor Ahmad, the 18-year-old. If you want to feel old, he was born in January 2005 and he's playing <laughs> international cricket out there. So he was six months old when the 05 Ashes were happening. Wow. He gets brought in and he takes three important wickets. So uh, Imam al and Abdullah Shafiq bat through the power play. First time Pakistan have hit a six in the power play in this World Cup, by the way. That was a, a Mazar Ashad observation. I think it was Abdullah Shafiq who, who pulled this, that one six. First ball after the power play, Imam gets out. They bring on Azmatullah, who's, who's had this habit, well, it's a habit of two games, but middle over's golden arm. He did it with two wickets mm. in and over against New Zealand, who then gets pumped at the end. So he comes on, he gets Imam out, caught at mid-wicket, and later, later in the innings he'll get smashed. But between... The 13th over and the 44th over, they didn't bowl a single over as seam up. They only had the one specialist quick in Naveen plus Azmatullah, and it was all spin all through there. Um, and Noor Ahmad picks up three big wickets through the middle. He gets Abdullah Shafiq, LBW on a review. He gets Rizwan off the top edge, caught by Majib. At short fine, the place where he dropped an important catch against New Zealand, Majib. And then he gets Barbar Azam, mm. LBW as well. So hugely important wickets that he takes. By about the 41st over, they're just past 200 Pakistan with nine to go. And you're like, well, maybe Pakistan can squeeze. But I think they just didn't work out the sums there either. So they, they basically have six of the last seven overs are seam up, right arm seam up. And by that point, Shadab and Iftikhar have got themselves in. They get used to the pace of that bowling and they smash everybody because there's no spin involved at that stage. If they'd snuck a couple of overs of those seamers into the middle, into the 20s or 30s somewhere, um, then they would have had more options towards the end. And I think if you pick four spinners, you have to be willing to bowl a spinner at the death. They had two overs left of Majib who didn't finish his spell and they finished everyone else's 10 too early to use anybody towards the back end. So I thought at the halfway mark, OK, Afghanistan have played pretty well till the 41st over. They've stuffed up the captaincy and their bowling rotations again. That's cost them 60 runs off the last five overs with, with Iftikhar hitting sixes mm. um, and 282 will be too much, but it wasn't. The only other thing I want to touch on before we uh, go to the Hall of Fame and, and wrap the show up, Jeff, is that there have been well-sourced reports in the media today about the um, the sustainability of the 50-over World Cup. Uh, evidently, some uh, members of the ICC, and by that I mean it's a members' organisation, so countries who are um, full members are, are frustrated by uh, the commercial opportunities. Country in, members, in if tournament. you will. Yeah, country members, precisely. Um, those who follow Australian politics might know what that reference means uh, from many, many years ago. Uh, and uh, they, they have cited the crowds at this tournament. They've cited this competition. Now, that, that flies in the face of... Uh, the 40 million people who are reportedly watching the game between New Zealand and India yesterday, but nevertheless, it feels yep. like uh, there are, uh, there is more reason to be concerned about the 2027 World Cup. And as many people have pointed out on social media throughout the course of today when this story broke, it's 50 over cricket. It's one day international cricket specifically that's enabled a country like Afghanistan to become a full member to compete at World Cups like this. To, it's mm -hmm. not just about T20 cricket. T20 cricket's like the, you know, the gateway drug that helps countries who are way, way further down the ranking order to 
get some experience of international fare. It's 50 yeah. over cricket where you truly prove yourself. And that's what Ireland did a generation ago, what Afghanistan have done over, well, in this World Cup, but obviously before that to reach three World Cups on the trot. What the Netherlands have done last week against South Africa. And it makes it all the sadder that it feels yep. like this is the format of the game that is currently in the gun. It's short-term thinking. It is making more room yep. for more domestic T20 competitions, not just a bigger IPL, but IPL-adjacent comps around the world. But when we, when administrators, when certain administrators push uh, things and push a debate in that direction, let's remember nights like tonight. Let's remember that what is possible mm. with investment and commitment and dedication to growing our sport, a healthy international game is a growing international game, and putting to one side everything that's actually going on inside Afghanistan right now and focusing on the cricket itself and what's been possible in the last 20 years for them and other countries, that is a, an emphatically good thing. And let's not throw that away in favour of short-termism with what might be possible with increasing uh, the pie that exists in domestic T20 land at the moment. Well, I also think that you can't criticise the crowds as the administrators who have severely stuffed up the scheduling, the ticketing and made it as difficult as possible for people to come down to the ground. I would give an early Hall of Fame nomination to the crowd here tonight. Mm. I got out um, of, of the media centre a couple of times and went down and sat in the crowd for a while and, and got the atmosphere down there and they were pumped up and this was so through the Pakistan innings they were pumped up through the Afghanistan innings they were pumped up no matter who was doing things boundaries were happening wickets were falling there were people cheering for it um, there were people in India shirts with Pakistan flags painted on their faces there were people in Barbara Azam shirts wearing India caps you know there was there was an appreciation of just cricket they were mm. here to watch the game watch the contest um, the response was so loud like it was it was brilliant tonight the atmosphere here was brilliant tonight and a couple a couple of the stands at the MCC end of the ground were relatively sparsely occupied, so if you were seeing that on TV you would have thought there was no one there. The stands at the other end of the ground at the broadcast ground were packed. Uh, so it was a good crowd in tonight, despite the hurdles that were put in the way of people trying to come to the cricket, having to pick up their tickets, paper tickets in person from outlets miles away from the ground and all the rest of that sort of nonsense that makes it so difficult. You know, that The fact that they don't have an e-ticketing system operating for a World Cup boggles the mind, mm. and to then blame people for not turning up and say well that's a reason we should scrap the whole thing is just absolutely ludicrous all right jeff uh, time for the final word hall of fame final word hall of fame is brought to you by westfield london westfield stratford city rediscover the magic of the fifth festive season this year as you glide around europe's tallest christmas tree at the ice rink at westfield london uh, whether you're whether you're elvis stoico um, at the 94 and 98 Olympics, that's just me um, freelancing there, or you've never skated before, it's the perfect festive day out or night out. Google Westfield uh, ice skating. Westfield London, more extra, less ordinary. I went to Westfield London today. Fuck me, Jeff. The joint is huge. I haven't seen the Christmas tree yet. Uh -huh. I'll see that when I go skating next week, but I've never seen a shopping centre quite like it. So um, I enjoyed my little uh, solo vacation, or vacation, like, uh, solo trip out there to, to buy some shirts and so on. Thought, oh, I'd better go to the place I'm promoting every day. Um, and, and yes, it is gigantic. So, uh, But get down there for the ice skating. It starts on the 9th of November, I believe, or something like that. Google mm -hmm. them. Yeah, you f you'll figure it out. You've got the internet. You'll work it out. Um, what have we got? I liked uh, the Hall of Fame moment for me was when I think it was Ramat Shah who started cramping up out there, collapsed to the ground and went, oh, cramp. And Mohammed Rizwan, the wicketkeeper, immediately looked at him and ran over, bolted over yes. to him and pushed his leg up and helped him get rid of the cramp. Rizwan is the ultimate cramp enjoyer. He <laughs> loves a cramp. 
Nobody cramps like Mohammed Rizwan. He's the most dehydrated man alive. He has no salts, no electrolytes in his body whatsoever. He's just cramping 24-7 recreationally. <laughs> and I love that he, he, he was willing to help out a fellow cramper. He said, I see you, buddy. I feel you. Um, and, and, you know, sorted out his hamstrings. What, was, what I liked about that was how quickly he twigged. He's like, oh, you got cramp. He, he didn't even wait for the medical staff mm. to run out. He grabbed his oh. leg before his bum even hit the ground, Zadra, on there. So, um, yeah, the communality mm-hmm. there of, of, of fellow crampers. Um, Ash Matula um, finished on 48 not out, Jeff. Um, had he mm-hmm. reached 50, Andy Zaltzman tells us, um, it would have been the first ever World Cup innings in which the team's top four all reached 50. So we were denied by two runs of a, one of those records that statisticians love where, um, you know, in a relatively mm. small sample size, multiple things, well, one thing's happened time and time again. So, of course, the, the top three all reached 50. And, yeah, so two runs off it from there. I'm not sure who it was because I was working on the Guardian live coverage at the time, but one of the Afghanistan players climbed on top of the dugout and jumped off the roof when they hit the winning runs. I'm not sure who that was, but that'll make for some, um, uh, some presumably some uh, nice social media content and, and you know, all the rest of it through the course uh, of the week. And yeah, just coming back to that Shaheen Sharafredi shocker of a review. He's got a bad reputation for this, Jeff. Um, he should, he, he's probably mm. hit the point where, um, like it did with Stuart Broad for a time, where he's just ignored. And, and Rizwan buying into that today mm. didn't help the situation either. No, that was that was going way down league side. It was nowhere near it. Pakistan's fielding should get a mention. I counted five times that they mm. got hands to a ball on the boundary and then fumbled it over the rope. So uh, 15 runs there or 16 runs, whatever it is. My maths isn't very good. You figure it out. A lot of runs, five boundaries they gave away in that fashion. Um, multiple overthrows. There was like the, the overthrow in three parts mm. where they turned one into three. On and on it went. Um, and then I, I just want to have a, a note for the people who get mad when you say that it's an upset. Like when Afghanistan beat England, people, there were, some people were saying, oh, you can't call that an upset because, you know, they're at the World Cup and it's a 10-team World Cup. Yet, they've never beaten England before. So if a team has never beaten a team before and they beat them, that's an upset. They've also never beaten Pakistan before. Mm. If a team that's never beaten that team wins, that's also an upset. Equally, it will be an upset if they beat Australia and if they beat India and if they beat other teams who they've never beaten. So, you know, I think think you've got to accept that um, yes, they're a good team and they're in the top 10 and all the rest of it and they're here and they, they are doing very well and it is still an unexpected result that they're going to beat the teams that are long-standing legacy teams with a lot more um, funding and resourcing and all the rest of it. I'll tell you what, they've got Sri Lanka next in a week at Pune. They've got a week off then Sri Lanka. Then they, yep. have, then they have the Netherlands. Then they have Australia and who knows where Australia will be by that point. And then they've got South Africa, which, you know, so the draw gets harder for them. Okay. But I, I reckon they're a chance of knocking off Sri Lanka the way they've played in this tournament. I think they'll beat the Netherlands. So yeah. you, you can you can form a and then world. And then Australia boycott. Well, then Australia boycott. They get the points for that. They're on five. <laughs> you can if you wish. If you squinted it, you can find a way where Afghanistan make it through to the semifinals. As for Pakistan, they simply have to beat South Africa at Chennai. Uh, they're staying put there until Friday. Then they have a, a tougher finish. They have... Um, Bangladesh, New Zealand and England, who I mentioned before, will probably have nothing to lose by the time they play Pakistan. Tomorrow, uh, South Africa have got Bangladesh at Mumbai, and then on Wednesday, Australia are playing the Netherlands at Delhi, where presumably, Jeff, you're off to next. Yes, I am off to Delhi tomorrow to watch uh, the Aussie Dutch, the Dirk Nannis Memorial, memorial. Oh, Hopefully right. not perpetual trophy. Let's put it that way. Um, haven't heard from Dirk in a few days, but I hope he's fine. And um, yeah, it'll be it'll be orange and gold. Uh, it'll be autumn colours in Delhi in a couple of days.
All right, a special day uh, for world cricket, really. Afghanistan beating Pakistan for the first time. Their World Cup campaign is alive. This show has been brought to you by Westfield London and Westfield Stratford City. More extra, less ordinary. Thank you, Jeff. We'll do it all again tomorrow. Thanks for watching and all listening. Uh, a good night from London and from Chennai. See you from Chennai. Bye. I had to go about it, write it out and